0: On the Koshcast, we use the international break to discuss anything other than international football. Instead, it's a manager special with a special guest. Enjoy! Welcome to another episode of the Koshcast at underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello. And joining us today is Jack Longo, Ryerson University student and future of journalism in Canada. Is that fair enough to say?
1: That's perfect. Perfect. Thanks for having me, guys. (laughs) We strong-armed him into this. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: Um, So, uh, Jack, you have been a soccer fan since when?
1: I would say probably around the twenty ten World Cup. That's when I really, uh, really got into soccer. Kind of changed, changed sports. I was mainly basketball and baseball before then, but yeah. kind of. I pinpoint it right there. Kind of. Well, who's your basketball team? Basketball Raptors. Oh, good man. And good man. Just <laughs> that was checking, the only you know, acceptable. <laughs> just, <laughs> just checking. Kind of, kind of the Memphis Grizzlies because uh, oh. used to be used to be in Vancouver. So yeah. Oh, okay. Fair I, enough. Yeah. I like this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't argue with that. <laughs> All
0: right. Um, There's internationals going on, we decided we didn't care very much about them, we might mention them at some point, Yeah, if they're lucky. Yeah,
2: just uh, Ronaldo scored two against Salah, (laughs) and Mo, eat that, Mo. You know Salah's not a goalkeeper, right? Yeah, I know, whatever. (laughs) Fortunately, (laughs) we're Egypt, in the last minute as well. Um,
0: So we we thought we'd start this podcast with um, the BBC gossip column, uh, which which is an unusual move for us, but let's go for it. What drew my attention was the rumour, which is uh, from the mirror, that Barcelona, considering a summer bid for Manchester United defender Luke Shaw, Bernie, you nearly fell off your seat when you heard
1: this. (laughs) (laughs) Because
2: it's the most ridiculous. Like, I thought the rumour about United chasing Amtiti was bad. But <laughs> this, that's not even a rumor, that's just true. But this is complete rubbish. And Alex, is the Daily Mirror actually known for rubbish? Like, I don't know the UK yeah. newspaper scene. No, they all
0: are. It's basically the Independent and the Guardian are fine. And pretty, the Times is okay. And pretty much everything else you can just write off.
1: It sounds like they, we'll go through the list, but it yeah. sounds like they kind of just put a club and a player in this <laughs> generator. And they just, whatever <laughs> comes out, it's Luke Shaw to Barcelona. It's yeah. Like, but if you're Luke Shaw,
2: though, like, you try and make that move happen because chilling on the beach in Barcelona is definitely better than being berated by Jose <laughs> Yes. Is.
0: Probably healthier. I don't know. Would he be this fat if he was eating a, a Mediterranean diet? All that paella? Yes, he would. So, I mean, here's the question. Uh, Jack, would you start Luke Shaw over Jordi Alba?
1: Absolutely. I don't think that's even a question. <laughs> I think you would be dumb not to.
0: Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what else have we got? Monaco are the latest club to reveal their interest in Manchester United midfielder Marouane Fellaini, implying there is a list of clubs that have declared Why their not? interest. There's a list
2: of countries, and that's Turkey, because apparently Fenerbahce and Besiktas are the ones who want Marouane Fellaini. I don't think ball-playing Monaco are the ones that really want
0: long-ball, chest-down merchant Fellaini. Have you seen? If you watch Monaco play, the, the one thing that stands out is their athleticism. Everyone on that team, <laughs> apart from Jean Moutinho, can run like a nutcase. Mm-hmm. And this would be a departure.
1: But do they have a plan B?
0: <laughs> Good question. Uh, True.
1: <laughs> Everyone needs a plan B. Yeah. And that plan B well, is Fellaini.
0: Well played. If you can't get Giroud, you get Fellaini. <laughs> and that's, that's what it is. Uh, Liverpool target Danny Ceballos has been told that he can leave Real Madrid this summer. Um, he's interesting AC Milan and Juventus. So I guess Liverpool are out of the running. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, Belgian goalkeeper Simon Mignolet says he will fight for his place at Liverpool in the Liverpool first team and will not be forced out of the club.
1: I, me and my friends were looking at kind of the the clean sheets that mm. goalkeepers in Premier League history have kept, and Mignolet was very high up on that list. Like it was, it was kind of like, crazy. Successful? Yeah, like he he had quite oh. a few. And I did not expect that. No. He came out of nowhere, and, and he was a sudden, at some or something. Yes. So that's even more. All, all of a sudden, that name popped up, and I was like, "What? What?
0: Interesting. I don't but know what to do that, with this information. That's I turned my life either. completely. I don't, out. I, I don't know either. I'd still sell him if I was Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think 100%. that's same um, And Carriers. Ooh. he's actually oh. done quite well since. Since he, Who are they going to buy? Oh, Black. No. Uh, let me try this again. <laughs> who are they going to buy? <laughs> <laughs> At least try <laughs> Okay, fine, fine. Um, all right, this is one close to uh, Jack's heart here. And you can tell us why in a second. Mm-hmm. Arsenal boss Arsene Wenger says he wants Jack... Uh, wants Jack midfielder Wilshere <laughs> to stay at the club. The 26-year-old England international is at the centre of a contract dispute after being asked to take a pay cut. This one is actually true. We know this to mm-hmm. be true. Um, Jack, why does this one mean so much to you?
1: Well... uh. When I started following Arsenal, it was just as Wilshire was coming up, and so the first Arsenal jersey I got was Wilshire jersey, and I just think people have been so hard on the guy. Like, the injuries that he's gotten have essentially all been from getting crunched by tackles. <laughs> yeah. He's not a guy who has these muscle problems where you're just getting annoyed with like the fact he's out every couple weeks. He gets destroyed, and then is out for, like, a year. Yeah. So you can't blame the guy for being a bit, like, down or... But like, can
2: you blame the club for saying that you where really you need to take a pay cut because you haven't played close to enough no, games? No,
1: I think that's totally fair. I think if he took a pay cut and then had some incentives, incentives for games played, stuff like that, then I think that's totally fair. And I think he would... I think he wants to stay. Yeah. Like, Wenger has shown a lot of faith in him. He's come up through the Arsenal system. I think preferably for him, I think he wants to stay.
0: I, yeah, I agree, and I think that, honestly, this is probably as good as it gets for Jack Wilshire given his injury record. I don't yeah. think he's going to a better club. I think he'd probably have to take a step down, even if Arsenal are a shambles at the moment. The, the only thing is that he's being asked to take a pay cut from... I think he's on about 90. Mm. Yeah. He's being asked to take a pay cut at the time where they're giving Mesut Ozil 350 grand a week. And when Aaron Ramsey, if he gets a new deal, it's probably going to be on 150. And Theo Walcott was on 120. Like, it's bad timing in terms of the way football is going and the wages other people are getting. Jesse Lingard got 100, 100k or right. whatever it <laughs> and, is. And Jack Wilshere, as a perennially injured man, might be thinking, look, I have to take the best money I can get because I don't know if I'm going to be playing right. in yep. a year and a half. But then so. that could
2: also be at another club. That is stupid enough to pay him 100k. There
0: probably will be one. Sounds two like Everton. <laughs> 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 Sounds Exactly like Everton. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, do you think? Do you think Arsenal can survive without Jack Wilshere? I mean, is he important to the club? Kind of sentiment aside.
1: Uh, maybe. I think he has been really good this season, though. I think yeah, they probably could. They they'll bring in another midfielder. Um, but I think the. One thing that always seems to stand out when Arsenal has a bad performance is that you hear people say that Jack Wilshire was trying. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah. He's never not trying. That's so like, true. maybe I—that's maybe you need some of that that's sometimes. So, so maybe here, you need a little bit. Here,
2: here's a question I have. I think Jack Wilshire is the best English center midfielder today. I'm saying that whilst I'm thinking of who the, the competition, competition is, is not. Good. The, right, competition is not there. I don't consider Dele Alli a center midfielder.
0: Anyway, I think he will be eventually, but not right
2: now. Right, so Jack Wilshire is the best you have. If that's the best you have for England, that's a problem for me. But if I'm Arsenal, and Arsenal have been horrendous this, this season, and people say Jack Wilshire has been good, is the problem from an Arsenal perspective the fact that these are types of players and these are types of performances that people hail and say this was good? Shouldn't Arsenal be aiming for better? Perhaps. Not to say Wilshire's not a great player. I think injuries have ruined what he could have been. But if we're saying Jack Wilshire was has been great, mm, does that compare to actually great players like Tony Cruz or someone like that? Yeah. Like isn't that what you should be aspiring to?
1: Yeah, that's fair. I think Wilshire is still getting into the kind of player that he was before, which is go past a guy. And he's still still trying to get that back. Like, I think it's a lot of men like mentality to after all those injuries where you get your ankle just crushed, to bring yourself up and be able to become that player again, which he's been a slightly different player this year. And he, yeah, he, the whole team has not been great, but I think he's still getting back into his, like, top fitness and top ability. So um, I think this year... As tough as it's been for Arsenal, I think he has shown some good signs in playing quite a few games and trying to get back to that player that everyone thought he could be, which was, like you said, the main midfielder in England's it's You know
2: midfielder. what's weird? I, for, I, I, I just saw his age on that on that website. Yeah. He's older than Paul Pogba. By, by three years. But it's well, like two years almost. But it's just weird to think... Maybe because I've seen so little of Wilshire mm-hmm. over the years because of injury, like it
0: it doesn't compute. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was the way that Thomas Rosicky was always twenty-seven because like, <laughs> he never played. Um, but while we're still on Arsenal, um, the other the other link has been uh, Thomas Tuchel, former Borussia Dortmund manager. Um, now for. The, the kind of con- conventional wisdom has been that this would not be a possible move because he and Sven Mislintat the now head of recruitment at Arsenal fell out completely at Borussia Dortmund apparently um, Mislintat wasn't even allowed to come to training by the end of the, that's how bad the relationship had gone so it does seem an odd link to be surfacing now um, although when I say that I'm thinking well they're just two guys so I'm sure yeah. they can probably work it <laughs> out like how bad could it be but I don't know I also don't know what really to think about Thomas Tuchel. he did a very good job in his first year at Bayern after Klopp getting the team back to, uh, to a reasonable standard and then it all kind of fell apart so it's hard to know what to think of him what, what do you yeah, think yeah it's
1: uh, I don't know this rumor like it's tough for me to believe because yeah, yeah I think these guys could work it out like but it just seems like kind of another lazy dormant connection that could happen. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, the other ones have, but um, I don't see Thomas Tuchel as the next Arsenal manager.
2: I'm amazed that Tuchel gets linked to all these jobs. So we know 100% that Bayern have talked to him. Mm -hmm. It's probably true that Arsenal have spoken to him. uh, At least Kroenke and and his group have spoken to him. According to leaks from Bayern Munich themselves, PSG have spoken to Tuchel. So, and on the basis of what? He had yeah, I'm two, not sure. well, one outstanding season. Outstanding, and they didn't win the league, but they played really well, Dortmund. And another season, which was a bit more fractured. How does he get all these jobs? And, and, and exactly this link with Arsenal, I can understand it in a sense that because Arsenal, they, you would of all teams who get a hipster choice manager, it would probably be Arsenal, if you think about it. But Luis Enrique is available. How are we not hearing rumours about Luis Enrique Carl talking Angelotti. to Arsenal? Carl Ancelotti. But we decide that we want to talk to,
0: like, you want to talk to Thomas. So,
2: Lula, I'm, I'm not, I don't understand
0: that. I, I'm not sure either. I, what I would say about, he's not going to get a PSG job. That's not going to happen. They, not. They want Conte, they're already negotiating with him. I, a lot of these things that you hear are like, total agent is probably out there claiming this, that, whatever. And some of it may be true and some of it maybe not, but he wants to get the best job he can for his mm-hmm. client and, The other other thing is, as much as Ancelotti is available and Luis Enrique is available, in the grander scheme of things, there aren't that many options. For a club like Arsenal, if you can get Luis Enrique, great. If you can get Ancelotti, great. If you can't, what's left, really? The the big managers are taken by big clubs. Allegri might be movable, but probably not. Guardiola's... Sorted You don't want Mourinho anymore no, like, no. There aren't that Any many more, ever <laughs> <laughs> sure. there, there just aren't that many options really. Well
2: even Even from the standpoint of I guess Luis Enrique And Carl Ancelotti, Maybe the idea Is that You look at it And you go Those two managers Are going to look at the Arsenal squad And say Nope I need to Completely revamp this team Give me some
0: serious money to spend And then I'll give you a team That can win the league socials Will be like Thank you for giving me the job I'll do whatever you want <laughs> Exactly <laughs> Yeah Fair enough um, I, did either of you see this apparently Liverpool's uh, midfielder Emre Can has gone on Instagram to dismiss rumours of a move away from Anfield
1: mm, I didn't see that
0: uh, Bernie you talk I'm going to get on Instagram and see what's going on <laughs> yeah I, I didn't see that um, I
2: think perhaps and I'm going to be good to Liverpool I think this is if it's, if he wants to stay I think that's probably the best move for him as a football player that's huge I think Liverpool. there were a lot of rumours about him going, potentially going to Juventus um, I think he's a wonderful player. He's only 24 at that. But if you go to Juventus, you're instantly competing with Matuidi, um, Pjanic is in there, Kadira. I think he's still staying. I don't know if he's out of contract or not.
0: If his limbs are holding together, right?
2: China's probably better than them and can and can well maybe not Matuidi, but he can start. But if you're in Liverpool and the positive things are happening at Liverpool, I would want to ride that wave mm. and become the next indispensable player for Liverpool because he will start every single
0: game next to Naby Yeah. I,
2: I would stay at Liverpool if I was Emery.
0: I think that's totally reasonable and I can't find anything yeah, on his was, Instagram I, account. I he must that. lead it
2: realising, oh, oh <laughs> shit, oh shit, I want to move. <laughs> right,
0: so he'll, he'll be at Juventus in, in uh, June then. Probably. Alright. Yeah. Um, so the other thing we wanted to talk, to, talk about today was managers. Mm-hmm. We've touched on a couple so far. Um, Bernie, your, your hatred of Jose Mourinho is well-known at this point.
2: I thought we're starting with Pep Guardiola.
0: We can start with I, like, ramp- I need to time. ramp up to, okay. to his hate for, for Mourinho. Okay. Well, how are you feeling about Pep at the moment?
2: Um, I think I mean, everything's we, has probably already been said. He's done a, a fantastic job, a sterling um, job this season. A sterling job. Well <laughs> done. Um... For me, taking this season as a whole, I was on record saying that last season was a failure. I stand by that. He said it himself. I, I don't think you can see it any other way concerning what he was supposed to bring to this team. But the most important thing about a manager, about anyone really, is able to look at where you have you failed, rectify those mistakes, and not do them again and, and exceed. That's what your parents <laughs> will tell you when it comes to school. That's what life is all about. And Pep Guardiola has done that better than Anybody this year.
0: So just, so he looked at Bakari Sanya and Gail Clichy, and he was like, never again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> bought Kyle Walker and Benjamin Mendy, although Mendy's been injured and, for the whole time. And, and Mangala. He yeah. was like, I don't
2: want you anywhere near me <laughs> at all. Nowhere near. Because, I mean, he bought Mendy, he bought uh, Walker.
0: Bernardo Silva. Um,
2: Bernardo Silva. Ederson. Edison Ederson, because Bravo possibly, was a mistake. Possibly yep. the most important yep. purchase. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he looked at it and he said, no, I'm not I'm not doing any I don't want any of this. I'm fixing this. He also brought back De Bruyne into central midfield, which probably people looked at it and said, that's a bit weird. Why would you do that? But it was a fantastic move. And I just think he learned from his mistakes, which everyone expected him to be an instant success, and he probably expected that. And he wasn't. But you look at other managers who will get to, and they're so stupid and they won't learn from their mistakes.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I want to get Jack's thoughts on this, though, Guardiola basically couldn't do it with a squad that wasn't up to playing his standard or the way that he wants to play. So is it hard to judge someone who needs elite elite players to play his brand of football and to succeed? Would he be able to take a team that was less good and take them up a couple of levels? I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm a massive Guardiola fan, but it's something that yeah, I
1: think me. No, I think that's a good point, but I think that... Um, yeah I think his style is so demanding and it takes a while to really get fully in the groove which is what they've shown this year like they took a year um, and they gave him that full year to just get them ready get them drilled know exactly what they're doing at all times every single position on the field knows exactly what to do when they get the ball and when they don't have the ball and I think that takes a while for everyone to understand collectively and I think it does take Maybe he could do it with less talented players, maybe, but they have to have the mindset to work in this system. But it also does take incredibly talented players to pull that out. Right. So I think it's just that his style is so demanding that it takes the best players Mm -hmm. to complete it.
0: Yeah, I I think that's fair. And I think it it takes incredibly intelligent players relative to, to others because... From what we've heard about his training and what have you, he's asking for the kind of in, ingestion of more concepts than any other manager, you know? So, right. Yeah. And that's why I think this is his... I remember saying that if he could do
2: fantastic things with Man City, it would be his most impressive job to me. Because Barcelona, he brought on, he brought up Pedro, he brought up uh, Busquets, Busquets, and um, one more, I can't remember but the fact of the matter is Xavi was there Iniesta was there Messi was in, was being uh, introduced into the system before that what he really did well was get rid of the quote unquote Deadwood Deco, Deco Ronaldinho Rondinho, yeah. a bunch of guys and said I need people that can fit my system fit my mentality and we said it before he came to Man City that he needs to get rid of eight players <laughs> and we listed who they were and he didn't do that and I thought that was that was poor managing on, on, his, on his part
0: sorry you just mentioned Ronaldinho um I had to stop there because did you see the the news about him this week? Yeah. Getting into politics. Oh man! <laughs> Join the evangelical conservative party in Brazil. But how? He's
2: still in the club. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't
0: know. I, I, I was listening to the football ramble and they made a very salient point, which is that he just saw the word party. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean. that's enough for him. Yeah, but the word conservative should have been enough, right? Yeah, true. Um, I don't know. That's, I'm I'm looking forward to watching what happens. Yeah, what right. happens there. Uh, any more about Pep or are we, are we uh, good? Thinking? I just
1: think he also saw players like Sané and Sterling who he saw weren't quite there yet with like the just clinicalness of finishing working together and he took some time with them mm-hmm. and made them better players which I think is the main thing about Pep is that he has yeah. made a lot of players better just by being under him. I
0: think that's fair. I, I think I remember Sterling a few months ago said that when he got to City, in some rare praise of Brendan Rodgers from anyone, um, he said like under Brendan Rodgers he had a lot of like one-on-one actual coaching and training. And when mm-hmm. he got to City, it was Pellegrini and he got nothing. And with Guardiola, he's got it all back. So, yeah, it yeah. makes sense. Pellegrini did win the league, though. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know. So has Guardiola by about twenty more points. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Who is second? Manchester United. Yeah. Are, are you okay Ooh. to talk about Jose Mourinho yet? Or um, we can skip them for a bit if you want. But.
2: Uh, let's just let's get on with it. Uh, he came out today with a statement, or rumoured to have told Edward Woodward that uh, Aaron Ramsey is better than Paul Pogba. Um, so therefore get rid of Pogba and go for Ramsey. And I know I'm surrounded by two Arsenal fans, but I will say this. Aaron Ramsey's a wonderful player, and Travis Ferguson wanted to bring him to United, and he chose Arsenal, which is a dumb decision in the first place. Well, it was like 10 uh, years ago. Yeah, sure. But the heights of Aaron Ramsey and the heights of Paul Pogba are not comparable. Paul Pogba, at his best, is a better player than Aaron Ramsey can be. And for him to make that statement is a sign that Mourinho's ability to coach elite talent is either it's completely gone or it was never there. Because the way he wants Paul Pogba to play is kind of complete opposite of what Paul Pogba is, and it's the same thing he did with Kevin De Bruyne, he did with Mo Salah, where he wants them to be more, I don't even know what, but he wants them to fit whatever system he wants, but that's not how they are. They go to managers who let them actually play and use their brains and play, and look what they're doing. So it's completely anemic to me, this Mourinho-Pogba rubbish.
0: I, I don't really understand it, to be honest. I don't understand how you can fail to get more out of someone this talented. And it's not just Pogba. We've seen it with Mkhitaryan. He gave up on him. We've seen it with other players, too. Um, he seems to be doing okay with Lukaku, although that might just be Lukaku being pretty good. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but it, just, uh, it doesn't seem to make any difference. Whatever system he picks, like, he went through a number of weeks where he played a 4-2-3-1 and it was Pogba and Matic. And everyone was like, that's not working. Pogba has too many defensive responsibilities. He said that was that was nonsense, but then he switched to a 4 3 3 and put Pogba on the left of a 3 in central midfield. And that didn't make any difference either. I'm not sure. I don't know. Jack, what do you think about this?
1: I just. I, uh, it's so tough with this, with Mourinho on this Manchester United team because, like, yeah, he hasn't been great, but people forget what he did before. And I think it's just. It's kind of weird with Mourinho. I think he made the wrong move a couple times. Um, in
0: terms of his career? Yeah, or, in okay. terms
1: of his career. I think um, after Inter, he wanted... Obviously, he wanted to go to the best team in the world, but Real Madrid kind of... It seemed to ruin him a little bit. Yeah. Just Just the fact that they didn't win the 10th Champions League, they didn't do as great as maybe people thought he would be. I think that's ruined him since then because he... Around that time, he was, like, viewed as the best. It was him and yeah. Pep, but people were still saying that he was yeah. the greatest manager in for the world. For his Inter Milan miracle, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, and he did that with Inter. He did uh, Champions League with Porto. He did amazing with Chelsea as well. Um, and I think just, it, it was tough for him not to make that move to Real Madrid because it was the biggest job and it was open to him. Um, and his ego took him there as well. Um but I think it's just kind of it's ruined his uh, his view, like people's view of him. Mm. Um, and he his time at Chelsea was that that season was rough. But the the players that he had, like Hazard and Costa, like they didn't just remember how to kick a football when Gus Hitting came in. Like that is not right. that is not what happened. Yeah. They just gave up on him and yeah. and his personality. It, it, I'm going to guess that it's tough to take sometimes, and he's being pretty he's being pretty mean with Luke Shaw right now. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I, I just want to highlight something, because you're talking about, about his personality, and it's via Gerard Piquet. Gerard Piquet came out with uh, an article on Player, Players' Tribune, I don't know if you read that, and he spent probably the first half of that talking about Manchinette and Charles Ferguson, where he didn't play that much. Mm-hmm. And he actually talked about how even though he didn't play that much, but his conversations and the grooming he got from Sarax Ferguson were the most important things in his career. Odd but, choice of word to use. Sorry, I just realized <laughs> what I just said. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, like basically, the honesty and the candor of the conversations with Strags, even when he didn't play him in the biggest game of the season against Barcelona, when, I think, was finished got injured, and he, he felt better about himself. And most players, even those who have disagreements with Sarax Ferguson will tell you, he was a father figure to me. Mm-hmm. You find this We all know they had a bust up. He actually apologized to the man because he realized he was wrong. But no one will do that with Jose, uh, Jose Mourinho. So many, there are more players who, who talk about how uh, much of a winner he is and we respect him for that, but not as a human being than that. And, and, and you, you find the list of star players who didn't either get better. Or at least Arsene Ferguson didn't get something out of them. Verón aside, even though there was one season, but Verón aside, the list is very small compared to the list that's ever-growing with Jose Mourinho.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think between you, you've really hit on something. And, Jack, I think the, the Real Madrid point was the kind of, if not the, the pinnacle, is where things started to turn. Because, Bernie, you're right, except that that's fairly recent. At Porto, at Chelsea, at Inter... The players loved him. Mm-hmm. They really worked for him, the you know the proverbial brick wall that they'd mm-hmm. run through, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Matarazzi crying when, when Mourinho was leaving. <laughs> he really managed to forge something with those players. At Real Madrid, he didn't. Yeah. It, he turned the whole thing poisonous. He tried to turn the Real Madrid players against Barcelona players.
1: Like three speaking to him at the end. Yeah,
0: right? exactly. like that. Oh, Casillas and Ramos and Ronaldo and all of them just went off <laughs> on complete the Complete shambles, right? And then... Similar thing happened at Chelsea. They, he lasted a couple of years before everyone turned on him. Mm. At Manchester United, it doesn't seem to have been that bad, but he is also clearly not loved there. I don't think anyone's really working that hard mm. for him, and it, I probably I can't really see it lasting more than another year or two. Well, he, like, it's just he's just not tenable.
2: Issues with Martial, issues with Luke Shaw, issues with Pogba. Right. Um, so
0: it's on and on and on. It it just almost feels to me as though he got to a point in his career where he felt like. I'm old enough and I've achieved enough that I shouldn't need to put in the effort to maintain these per- these personal relationships with people. I shouldn't need to have to work this hard, you know? It just feels like he can't be bothered and thus people can't be bothered for him.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. And then you add
0: that to his stupid statements after the <laughs> game and then you uh, really, really hate the man. Uh, the opposite of Jose Mourinho, Jürgen Klopp. Jack, are you a fan?
1: Uh, yeah. I, I do like what he's done. Um, I think he's getting uh, easier, um, an easier ride than other managers. Is um, that
0: because he's like fun? And... It's because he's fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's cause, <laughs> absolutely, it's because it's fun. Uh, it's fun to watch them play. It's fun to watch him on the sideline <laughs> and after the game. And yeah. and it's you can't. It's it's almost like you can't justify being cynical about them, even though, like, yeah, they're in third, but. Um, their season maybe hasn't taken off in the way it could have. Um, but it is. It's tough to be cynical about a guy and, and a team when they look like they're having this much fun. And yeah. they're in up against City now in the Champions League. And I I think they have a good chance of getting through that. that it's it's going to be tough, but I think yeah. that they have a good chance to get through that. It's
0: Absolutely. going to be an amazing, amazing tie. I, I think we, we said last week that if it was a w- one game, I'd probably not better against Liverpool. Yeah. Over two, I yeah. feel like City's quality might might come out, mm-hmm. but you're right, they, they definitely have a chance. And I don't think they'd have preferred anyone else to play, necessarily, because at least they know City. They know they can be beaten. <laughs> I,
2: I think the thing with uh, Jurgen Klopp is I appreciate the way that his team plays. I appreciate his philosophy. Um, but I do believe you have to be balanced as a manager and balance as a team. And Liverpool's defense is still not very good. I know people will tout some statistics and things like that, but Virgil van Dijk, I think, is a good player, but I don't think that was the solution to that. I think he they also need he also needs a better partner next to him. I think Moreno is absolute trash. No one knows what's going on with Nathaniel Klein, so Trent Alexander Arnold's supposed to do a job and the goalkeeping situation is an absolute mess. So in Two years? Two and a half years? I don't know how long he's been there. He hasn't fixed that. And it seems like a blind spot. I don't like managers have a blind spot. Sorry, Radio you, did, you didn't that.
0: mention it, so I'm going to assume you're fine with Jordan Henderson as your defensive midfielder. I haven't gotten... I haven't <laughs> worked my way up there oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I will. But that's another piece of trash as well. So <laughs> I,
2: I, I love the way he, his team attacks. But this is why, like we're suggesting, I think Man City are going to beat them over two legs because... In one game, you can just pull back the other guys and attack all you want, like they did in that four-three. But just as we saw in the four-three, you're so susceptible at the back that anything else can happen. And I think that's why he gets an easy ride, because this Liverpool team, for me, should never be uh, behind this Manchester United team.
0: Yeah, never. Like, yeah, I feel I feel that way about Liverpool. I feel that way about Spurs. I nearly feel that way about Chelsea. It's weird that United are second because. It's not just that the narrative is that they're bad, like it's really they're a really hard team to watch. I sorry, I don't want to go back to United yeah. now, but like no, it is strange.
2: You know why United are second. The straight fact is it's David De Gea. Yeah. It's nothing yeah. to do with Jose Mourinho. He's defensive as he wants to be, but that defense is not very good. It's David De Gea is literally the best goalkeeper in the world and that's why they're second place.
1: I wanna say something about Manchester United, I know we already passed them, but sure. I think um a point to make is that they actually were really fun to watch at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And they were keeping pace with Metro City and then as soon as Pogba got injured, it fell off a little bit. That's true. And it's I, I don't know what happened during that time, but it's it hasn't been the same when he's come back in the team.
2: Absolutely spot on. The the point I was gonna make about when we're talking about the Papa Mourinho riff that I completely forgot at the time was up until uh January, everyone said Paul Pogba has shown who he is. He was joint assists, even if half yeah. of them were past the ball, someone shot outside the box. But he was dominating games, so they asked him to do. Yeah. Big games like Arsenal, he completely dominated the game. He was in there, dictating play. Up until January, everyone said he was fantastic. Once that Tottenham game hit, and him and Mourinho had this beef, people started to say, oh my God, Pogba's not doing it. As if they forgot what mm-hmm. the first half of the season was. So yeah. very, very good spot on that.
0: Yeah also Alexis Sanchez got introduced into the mix and that seems to have ruined everything which is, <laughs> which is delightful yes. I think um, sorry I've just seen this on, on the the rumour column that we were reading before and it's cracked me up Chelsea's Belgian midfielder Eden Hazard has dismissed comparisons with Barcelona forward Lionel Messi the 27 year old says he does not score enough goals to be likened to the Argentine <laughs> hmm. is that it? <laughs> I don't even know where to start there's with this there's probably more but <laughs> I, I, well done Eden Hazard uh, yeah you know
1: did did someone actually say that about him, or is he just is he pre preemptively coming out and saying I don't want to be compared to Messi?
0: That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. What a sensible young man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, sensible young men. Mo Salah yeah. is Player of the Year, P- probably in my opinion. I know most people don't care anymore, but Ballon d'Or mm-hmm. top three, if you ask me. Sure. Um, and I think that is probably another reason why Klopp is getting a lot of love because. I'm gonna assume that Klopp targeted him specifically, and that was brilliant piece of management. Allegedly not. Allegedly not.
0: Uh, The club, the club, kind of imposed. Well, not imposed, but suggested that they buy a seller. The scouts and the analytics people, and Klopp said, "Okay, it wasn't his first choice, but he said okay." But while we're talking about managers who evidently improve players, he's definitely done that because, as we as we we've said previously. Salah was very good at Roma. He was probably one of the best players in Serie A, if not the best. Um, but he's come on leaps and bounds this season. And Klopp has to take some credit for that. I think
1: they have overachieved a little bit. When you look at their individual like the positions, if you look at each individually, yeah. they are, compared to the other teams in the top six, if you just look at those players at each position, mm-hmm. I've done this with my friends, we kind of collectively ranked the players, mm-hmm. and Liverpool was quite low down on almost they'd, every they'd single position, sixth, probably, until right. until you get to the attacking positions, yeah. right. like the, those front three, they're quite low down, and so it's actually kind of like, yeah, Klopp is overachieving a little bit with this team. And that's that's, a, that's the, the
2: sensation of, of Klopp as a manager, at least from an attacking standpoint, is he saw where Mo Salah could be most useful to the team. Not most useful to his philosophy of football, most useful to the team, and put him in that position to be dangerous consistently. Now we've seen how Jose Mourinho used Mo Salah, and it was, you're not working up and down the, the wing like I want you to, like the hardworking winger of the 90s, so therefore I, c- I can't use you. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, well, this is about other managers. Yeah. No, my <laughs> was going to get him out your head. <laughs> No, it's fine. Can,
1: um, I, can I ask you a Liverpool question? Please. Uh, about Salah this year and uh, Suarez, his last year at Liverpool, which do you think was the better year? Which That's a good because question. <laughs> I mean, Suarez-Liverpool year, they came very close to winning the title and they're finished second and, I mean, this, it's kind of tough with how far City are ahead, but, I mean, which I, I, I think it's still Suarez, but I think this Salah year has been pretty incredible as well.
0: The the comparable seasons. Who had more goals? Does Salah already I think have more Salah goals? Salah already has more
2: goals.
1: Yeah, but uh, Suarez also missed like the first what five, seven right. games of the season or something. Oh, that so was the, the year. Where, yeah. where
2: where that happened?
1: He missed the first seven, and then he came in, and then they finished second that year. And
0: right, I I mean Suarez has to be given credit for managing to do this under the the guidance of Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> so you have to kind of take that into account. Um, <sighs> Salah has. What people forget, possibly, about the Suarez final season is that Daniel Sturridge was phenomenal as well. So Suarez deserves a ton of credit, but he had a partner in crime who did just as much. Like, he really was... What
1: about Firmino this year? Well,
0: yeah, this is the thing. But as great as Firmino has been, and Mane is coming into form now, but has had a relatively quiet year compared to previously, Salah feels like he's carried the team on his shoulders a little more than Suarez did that year.
2: See, up until... A minute ago, I was going to say Mo Salah, but then Jack made some really, really good point, <laughs> and then I think I'm on the Suarez train here because, yeah. yes, Daniel Sturridge was very very good, but Firmino plays in a Benzema Ronaldo type of way, whereas he understands that Salah is better than him, so he works to he basically his work allows Salah to yeah. be what he wants oh, to for be. Sure. As much as Salah scores amazing goals and puts three guys on their back and all that stuff. But a lot of that chemistry helps a lot be what he wants to be. Sturge is a very selfish player, and by the way, he's a number nine. I don't mind him being a selfish player. It's not a knock on him. A lot of what Suarez did, those goals from like the halfway line and whatever else he did, mm-hmm. he was dragging Liverpool through, despite Steven Gerrard being as woeful as he was in that last season. He I, I feel like Suarez almost single-handedly dragged Liverpool. To a Premier League title, if not for a slip. Yeah. But Salah's Liverpool are second to this version of Manchester United. Well, third. The Manchester United are second.
1: I yeah. That's cool. I just think people... I, I don't want to take anything away from this Salah season because it has been incredible. But I think people get a little bit of recency bias when it comes to this. And they're saying that, I, yeah, I think he does have more goals than Suarez. But I remember watching that Suarez season and it was just like... No one had a second without him right there it felt That's like. and when he picked up the ball it was like you kind of felt like he was gonna just go through the guy and <laughs> score like and at times Salah has felt like he can do anything when he gets in the penalty box he can do whatever he wants like that goal against Wofford mm. but I think a lot of what Suarez did was it was more dragging his team to right. Is it a
2: question of Salah having quite possibly and I believe by the end of this season possibly having one of the best, just for himself, yep. uh, I'm not saying selfish, just for yeah. himself, one of the best individual mm-hmm. seasons that you've ever seen in the Premier League. I think that's that's likely going to happen. But maybe the question is, Did what Suarez did both for himself and the team, was that a bit more?
0: Possibly. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard to say. I, I, just, I just wanted to ask the question. Um, because brilliant question. I think... it's, it's a great question. And it will be fascinating to see... Um, where Salah goes from here Is going to be Extremely difficult To replicate this season He'll, I, He will do well yes. If he says Liverpool and, and Liverpool continue to be a good team He will do very very well It will be difficult to replicate this season though Because it's just been that good um, That said he might also get moved to Spain so. I want him to stay in the Premier League yeah. Just
2: because he's, a del- he's delightful to watch And yeah. losing him to be in sports Would be annoying
0: Fair enough. Um, right, let's let's rattle through the last two top six managers. Then Pochettino, we spoke a lot about last week, um, but uh, we've got Jack here and we didn't have his opinion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how do you feel about Mauricio Pochettino?
1: Um, I think, hmm, I think his time at Tottenham has been good. Um, I think people love to point out that he's brought through a lot of English players, and he gets. A lot of credit for that, and I think that is a good point to make. But in the same way that Klopp doesn't really get any um, stick, I don't think Pochettino does either. Even though, yeah, they're in fourth now, and you feel like they've done everything right, and they just still haven't won anything. Yeah, it's weird. Like you feel, I just feel like Tottenham should have won something by now with this Pochettino team because it, everything they they do, they bring through Harry Kane, who is now one of the best players in the world um they he developed Deli Ali. he brought a bunch of players through made them better like Kieran Trippier and Ben Davies this season have been amazing and I just yeah I feel like they should have won something by now it's it's tough to pinpoint why they haven't um and yeah that's not to say he hasn't done a great job it's just kind of weird to think about
0: like yeah no I know what you mean and, and I think from what I read, Spurs fans are kind of in two minds. Like everyone wants to win a trophy, all fans want to win a trophy. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, that as a as a fan experiencing their team, there are so many that are unhappy with what their regular experience is. Mm-hmm. Arsenal fans hate their lives. Mm-hmm. Manchester United <laughs> fans hate have hated their lives since Ferguson left. Mm-hmm. Liverpool fans are enjoying their time under Klopp, but but you get past those clubs and people find it very difficult to enjoy supporting their team week in week out Mm -hmm. and so Spurs fans have been able to enjoy not only the football but the the increased connection with the players because there are local players Mm -hmm. Um, they're not you know spending ridiculous amounts of money and bringing people in they're kind of building something slowly and somewhat organically relative to some other clubs Mm -hmm. and so Spurs fans have been able to like enjoy that process and that journey despite not winning anything. And so I feel there is mm-hmm. this kind of, this is great, and we'd kind of like to win something so that everyone shuts up. Yeah. But whether, the, you know, whether it's like to win something for the sake of it, I'm not sure.
2: I, I think there is a little bit, and, and it's sort of reflected after our heated conversation know, <laughs> the last podcast yeah, the, last or week. the one yeah, before, yeah. and I thought about it, and I think I'm very convinced that part of this issue is Spurs' expectations are different. Yeah. I think Arsenal fans can complain because they know what it's like to be the top dog for a little bit. Liverpool fans, well, it's been almost 30 years. But sure, they have that ghost of Liverpool past and even winning Champions League in 2005. Yeah. They understand this. Manchester United fans, I thought about this and I thought, why am I so angry? with We're second. People will tell, we're second. We've got most number of points since Fergie left. And if not, Manchester City were doing such a great job, this would be a potentially title winning season whatever. But it's because the expectations from those groups of fans are mm-hmm. a completely different level from the Tottenham expectations. Tottenham traditionally are not this team. They're not a team that wins the league. So in a sense, top four is great. And playing well is great on top of top four. Now, if you make the extra step, amazing. They'll take it. Everyone will take it. But they're good right here where yeah. they are. Yeah. And that's a, that's a historical thing. If Tottenham then won the league, this season or next season, then the expectation will start to build. That's the thing. But I think they still should, really, really, be expected to win the league in terms of what the media focus is on them, and the like we said, the high like relative Pacquino, to the relative to of the attention. They should be winning this league, and we should feel that because they're still behind Manchester United, who we talk about Tottenham and their trajectory. Manchester United are second after coming sixth. Sure. Yeah.
0: But, but do you feel, do you feel though that it's not the team's fault that the media is kind to them because they see them as a good story and because Pochettino, and the same with Klopp, they're nice, they're friendly, they're fun, they're positive and so they get an easy ride and they're a good story. It's not the team's fault that that creates the attention on them. And then you say they should be winning the league but when you look at Spurs and Liverpool to a slightly lesser extent and... I said this last week but the amount of money they've spent and when you look at the fact that largely wins and money spent especially on wages correlates th- there's no reason that Spurs should be beating City to the league. They possibly shouldn't be 20, 20 points behind but there's there's no argument that they should be winning this league given what the teams around them have spent.
2: So, so here's here's my point of this and I see a lot of Ferguson in the and I really do in terms of patient team building his first six years at United were not all that great. There was an FA Cup. Well, there was an FA Cup, which saved him his job or something yes. like that. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, the first thing Saks Ferguson said, allegedly, was <laughs> that he's here to knock Liverpool off their fucking purse. So that is a sign of someone that was a winner. Now, he wasn't doing that, so people said, we want you out. Pochettino doesn't seem to suggest that he's a winner. With the statements that he makes about... I don't need trophies to show that we've progressed. And I think for me, as a, if I was a football fan, I want my manager to be a, a winner. And I want that mentality because I think, I truly believe it seeps into the players as well. If he doesn't think that shows progress, most of the players probably don't think so either. And that's the level they're probably always gonna be at.
1: Yeah,
0: possible. I, I just wanna to touch on something that we kind of brought up inadvertently there, which is that, you mentioned that expectations, once you win something, expectations change. And could you argue that the kind of the way that United fans feel now, the way that Arsenal fans have felt over the last 10, 12 years, that kind of poisonous, toxic feeling where, like, you're doing well relative to nearly all other clubs, but it's still never enough for you, that as a fan, maybe it's almost better to not have that success? Again, I'm playing devil's advocate, but you know what I mean? Like, it, the success almost ruins fandom for some Yeah, people. but it's
1: tough to. When you have success, it's tough to not get those higher expectations. Um, and when we get on to Arsenal, that's going to be a big part of my point about Wenger. <laughs> but I think it's, t- it's tough to ask a fan to change their mentality when they've had a lot of success. And all of a sudden, you're not having success, right. as much success. It's tough to uh, not think about the times that you had when you were winning. Um... And, like, yeah, I just think it's very tough for a person to, like, tell themselves to have lower expectations when they know what it has been like.
0: Maybe Leicester fans should give classes about how to reduce (laughs) your expectations immediately (laughs) after success. Um, All right, Chelsea, uh, Antonio Conte uh, did a brilliant job last season, won the league, Mm -hmm. uh, which I, I I don't know that anyone expected him to win it in his first season. No one did. Um, Mm. this season, I don't, they're fifth, but for the most part, I don't think it's really been as bad as has been made out. Um, but it also looks like he won't be there come next year.
1: Yeah. A lot of, um, one of my best friends is a Chelsea fan and Mm. I talk to him a lot about Chelsea and one thing that we have always kind of come to is that. Like, winning the league is just... It's terrible for a Chelsea manager. <laughs> like, you... you get, well, for any manager, really, at this point, you win the league and you're gone the next season. Right. But with Chelsea, it's like... Uh, they did have an amazing year last year. Like, mm-hmm. people for, I, I Somehow people forget that they were the league winners last right. year. And this year, just, like... It hasn't been quite the same. A lot of teams are playing this, the uh, 5-3-2 or whatever, Um, and it's just been tough for them to keep that going when they found this winning formula last year, pushed everyone out of the way and won the league. And now, because they're not doing that, the media is all of a sudden on Conte again when he did an amazing job last year. They want him out, and now they want... Sorry, or someone who's like, um, then like flavor of the month, the yeah. new the new manager on the block who's fun, yeah. but then he'll come, he'll when maybe league win a league, runs and
2: then gets sacked again, and then he's gone. It's just I, so I think tough. that's a question of um, I think the media is on him because he's appeared crazy multiple times <laughs> in press conferences, on the sideline, and it just doesn't look as if he's a man that actually still wants to be there. Yeah. From the beginning of the preseason, his text to Diego Costa, which was crazy in and of itself, it seems as if, yes, he's had issues with the board, but he's almost been the, the creator of his own downfall in many ways after such a wonderful season the the Costa thing, the changing of formation, just different decisions that he himself has made have have put Chelsea where they are right now. That, for me, I I have to put the blame for the Chelsea season on Conte first and foremost. I understand that maybe some of the recruitment wasn't his fault and Danny Drink water, I don't know, whatever. I
0: want to know who made the bit for Andy Carroll. That's all I want to know. Right <laughs> exactly. Was it Marina? Or what's her name? Like, Sky. I,
2: I, I just, I don't know. I look at it and I go, you know, a lot of people feel okay in saying, I oh, it's just Roman and being Roman and Bradford. But Conte made a lot of mistakes in this season. And we, I look at it and I go, wow, you're three positions behind Jose Marina. You made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, It's just that simple.
0: No, oh, yeah. he'll be. A PSG, I, think I think he's. He's kind of.
1: Yeah, he, it feels like he's kind of. Given up because of everyone, getting on him. Yeah. So but, quickly and like now, now he is kind of like, well, I won the league last year. What, like. And in his defense right.
2: of winning the league, and this is the this is the thing. People are are very high on Man City because of the way they play and the records. But he, what did he win like fourteen in a row last year or yeah. something like yeah, that? Yeah. And we were all like. What's going on here? <laughs> what are they doing? And he played... Uh, he wasn't the first to play three or five at the back, however you want to see it, but they did it so effectively that it was almost beautiful
0: What watching that Chelsea team play. Turning Victor Moses into a into a <laughs> proper Premier League player alone is yeah. worth credit. That's akin to turning Fabian Delph into something useful. And that's coming from a Nigerian.
2: Right. <laughs> and, and, and if you really if you really look at it, and, and this is where I, I go to the flip side of where I criticise Conte, but I think... He doesn't get enough credit for winning that league.
1: No, yeah, Because absolutely. coming
2: from where they came from on this disastrous season with, with Mourinho, have to pick up that squad first off. And it was the same players. If you look at Guardiola, couldn't do it with the same players. This guy did it with the same players, broke records. Could barely players, speak English when he arrived. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
2: Turned players who were not in their position and made them believe in that. And what he did, I don't think he gets nearly enough credit. And for me... We praise Guardiola in the beginning, but I think there is in the in this business there is almost too much Guardiola love. Where anything he does is as if he's a freaking leprechaun into, and, and, and turns everything into gold. Like that's what they do, right? And to turn stuff into gold. Do they have okay. gold? <laughs> <or> do they, <laughs> I don't know. they're like talking about like, the, of gold and they're But what Conte did for me was better than what. Guardiola did at least if you look at the story, the whole story here. He didn't spend all that money, retain the same squad that finished tenth,
0: and then did that. He also dropped John Terry for good. He ended John Terry's Chelsea <laughs> career, and that he is something we can all get behind. Exactly.
1: And I think there's a, a big thing that I have a problem with uh, is recency bias seems to have a big effect on people um, in in football, but in a lot of other sports. Uh, and when, as soon as Conte started having a little bit of trouble this year, everyone was like, oh, he's done.
0: Mm. He
1: can't, they, they can't keep winning with him. Like, if they, if he stays the rest of the season, they're going to finish 10th again. <laughs> um, but you forget that this this is a manager who won the league, who knows how to get the best out of these players in this system. Um, and I think, you, like, I do think he's kind of done with it. I think maybe at the end of the season they'll... Mutual, is, yeah. They'll they'll end it mutually, and maybe he'll go to Italy or PSG or somewhere. Um, but I think it's just been like it's been really quick to get on him this year, yeah. Which I think is a problem with a lot of agreed. A lot of managers, a lot of players. Sometimes, I think you give people time, and yeah, maybe it didn't work out. But sometimes you give someone a bit more time and. It does work
0: out. Yeah. No, it, it, it is a shame. I mean, we're talking as though he will be gone because it, it really it, does he, look that yeah. way. Um, but it's a shame. It would have been interesting to see the kind of Conte progression over a number of mm-hmm. years and to see what his actual kind of long-term vision for Chelsea yeah. is. He, he's maintained that his ambition hasn't been backed by the board in terms of the transfer mm-hmm. policy. That said, apparently when he was at Juventus, he wanted to buy Theo Walcott and the board there had to be like, nah, so. You know, we'll see. Um, speaking of Walcott. Speaking of Walcott. Sense. Us and Wenger. Uh, Jack, you told us before we started that you have some thoughts around, not Wenger in or Wenger out, but the discussion around it.
1: Yeah. So I want to preface this by saying I know that my opinion is probably going to be, well, definitely different than fans who are paying a lot of money every week to go to that stadium and uh, watch those games. But uh, for me personally, I think let Wenger stay. Mm. Let him stay. Let him stay as long as he wants. Mm. Um,
0: you know he, that's forever, right? I'm just, he as long as to he stay. wants. Okay. As long as he wants. He's okay. earned it. He okay. has.
1: Okay. I'll admit that recently it hasn't been great, in quotation marks, but it hasn't been terrible. Like, sure. when we talk about expectations before, he was the guy who set those expectations for this Arsenal team now. Um, mm. This the first year that they're not in the, Ch- in the Champions League, which is a step down. And will be the second one? Well, they could win the Europa League.
2: Oh, for oh, God, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just,
1: it's just not up to the standards oh. that he set himself before. He's been affected by the... Ferguson effect, whatever you want to call it, where managers are not built to be Alex Ferguson and last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Wenger was not built to last 20 years. If you look at his first 10 years at Arsenal, that's amazing. Like, that Phenomenal. is... That is re- he revolutionized the game in England. He set the bar up. Yeah, You can't... People listening can't see how high, but he <laughs> set it this high. Yeah. yeah, And then all of a sudden, everyone caught up. And they... Yeah, they made... Maybe some like, guys got past him a little I a, bit. I have
2: a question about the first 10 years okay. of Arsenal. Okay, let me, let me keep going with this yeah, and then yeah, you can yeah. ask yeah. That. So he set
1: the bar, everyone caught up, and I think at that point it's tough to... Not a lot of people can see that everyone's caught up and push the bar even further when he set it so high to begin with. Um, I think 10 years... If he had left after 10 years, his legacy would be completely different and two things happened... He was so stubborn that he wouldn't have left by himself. Yeah. And he was doing so well that the board were not going to get rid of him then. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when he wasn't going to leave voluntarily and he wasn't going to get rid of, of course he was just going to stay. And he's such a stubborn guy that he's stayed and stayed. and it, It's been bad. They moved stadiums and they couldn't spend a lot of money. And there were some years where he still did really well there. He got them in the Champions League when they weren't letting him spend any money. Yep. Uh, yeah, recently with last season where they didn't make the Champions League, that was poor by the standards that he set. Um, but I think like I just I hate that people are so adamant now about Wenger out. I, I I get it, but it also sucks because it seems at this point people forget that he's a human being and okay. he's just this like guy standing there who doesn't care anymore. Of yeah. course he cares. I've when I looked into Wenger. He he was married and he got a divorce because the job was just taking <laughs> yeah, him so, so much away from him. But yeah. like, that's a real guy who's But is that mar- is that a reason
2: that he should stay? Like for instance if you're if you're if you're letting this, it means it becomes an obsession. Yeah. Right? Obsessions are not good things. Mm-hmm. So at some point your obsession will bring you down and you will bring that thing that you're obsessed about down as well. Isn't that at some point you need to walk away from that?
1: Yeah, I think, and I think, like, he will leave eventually. Like, the thing about that Wenger will never leave is, like, he will leave eventually. He, maybe he should have left after those, the FA Cups, because mm-hmm. that's still, like, they won three FA Cups. Yeah. Is that not nothing? <laughs> like, so, so,
2: okay, okay hold on. Let, let's talk about expectation, because okay. you brought that up, that yeah. he set the standard for himself, mm-hmm. and he's now judged on those standards that he set mm-hmm. in the past. Now, as a Manchester United fan, I can talk about this. Mm-hmm. He won... Well, Arsene Wenger won three Premier Leagues. Yeah. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. And Th- 27 FA Cups. <laughs> yes. There was a point in time when
2: he... Ar- Sir Ferguson, won three in a row. Mm-hmm. Premier Leagues in a row. He, he did that two times. Yeah. Three in a row. And he won the league by 18 points. And like 12 points, 15 points on occasion. Arsene Wenger's team were second and then they would win the odd Premier League. Mm-hmm. So... Two things. They were behind Sharks Ferguson match United by a lot, even while he was doing his best. Mm-hmm. Which suggests to me that he wasn't this footballing god that those first 10 years seem to assume. The second thing is, Jose Mourinho came into the Premier League. Remember it was all Wenger-Ferguson, Wenger-Ferguson. Yep. <laughs> Mourinho came into the league and became that third dominant force by winning two, two times in a row. And he was that first new wave of interesting... Foreign manager that could do well. Actually, that was Wenger, but he was yep. he did second wave. It was second wave and greater because he won the Champions League along those lines. The difference is Ferguson came back and took the title back from him. Yeah, the, and I, I, Wenger never recovered from that. So I'm I'm not one of those people who thinks of Wenger as this elite world class manager because when it went wrong, it continued to go wrong, and at that point. When you lose the Capital One Cup to Birmingham, you say bye bye, and you move on because he doesn't have the you power really of recovery. To bring that up. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. But he does, He's never as a manager had the power of recovery, which yeah. I see from other managers, uh, Ancelotti's, you know, even Pep. If you want to talk about this with, with Man City, yeah. I don't see the power of recovery from Arsene Wenger, which suggests to me that Arsenal need a change need something yeah. different because Arsenal will never recover from Wenger if he stays long enough
1: yeah and I think that every manager has their flaws and I, like I said I don't think anyone is built to last more than 10 years like mm-hmm. how many times have you seen that recently yeah. like you Ferguson yeah. Ferguson is just this in, insane like that just doesn't happen no one is like him Yeah. so if you take the first 10 like I said if you take the first 10 years that Wenger was there yeah he got taken over by Ferguson but like who wouldn't have Ferguson was just this...
0: Granted. But, but, but my question is, and you started off this, this by saying let him stay as long yeah. as he wants, mm-hmm. but you also said the first 10 years were wonderful, mm-hmm. probably should have left it there. It's now been longer that he's been not bad, but not as good. Yeah, not as good. And as the good. last few years have been bad mm-hmm. than he was good. Mm-hmm. So why let him continue to do because this? It... As a club... Given the the financial resources that Arsenal have, given the players that they have, that objectively, I think at this point we can say could be, someone else could be getting more out of these players.
1: Yeah, I I just think like this is obviously my like ideal Mm. thing. I don't I don't know maybe that isn't the best choice for Arsenal as a club, but for me I just hate to see Wenger get destroyed, ripped apart right now by everyone and. Yeah, maybe it's better for him if he leaves, but for him to get fired now is just, like, awful. And it also, like, a little silver lining is that it's not going to be as hard for the guy that replaces him as it was for David Moyes replacing... Definitely not. Very, very fair. So the guy that comes in to replace Wenger is like... Everyone's like, yes, we have a new guy. Yeah, he's going to have a ton of goodwill.
2: I I think I see where you're going, Jack, because the thing is, Wenger did do great things for Mm. Arsenal. We can't take that away. Mm-hmm. He did do great things. And it's sad that someone that has done great things could be shoved out the door. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the sad part. It's not like he was even a prick like Jose was. And you go, get out of here. We yeah. don't give a shit. Whatever you did for us, Chelsea fans. Like, that's how they felt. Whatever. But he has legitimately done great things for a club that he cares for. Like you said, a club that he lost his wife and <laughs> pretty much his family for. But then again, you ask yourself the question, what is your expectation? If the expectation of Arsenal fans is that Arsenal is a title contender year in, year out, and for me, Arsenal's stature should be a team that gets to the quarterfinals Champions League every year. That's what I grew up on. Mm -hmm. That's what I expect from Arsenal. And if that's your expectation, then you look at it objectively and go, this is not the man to take me there.
1: Yeah.
0: I I also just think, I think you're right, Jack, that some humanity has been lost in in this whole process, in that people almost now don't see him as human. No. He is just this target to be to be pulled down. That said, if you stay in one spot long enough, that's just what happens. We see it in politics a lot, mm-hmm. right? People just outstay their welcome, they take too much power, they stay on on the, the throne for one of a better word. Um, and at a certain point, everyone's just sick of you. It's just it's just how things mm-hmm. work. And and so I think the minute he says I'm done. The minute he says, I'm done, there will be a massive outpouring of love and affection. And there won't be one more complaint. There won't be one more boo. If he says, I'm done at the end of the season now, I guarantee you, if he said Mm -hmm. that now, the stadium would be packed for the remaining games. There would be nothing but support and love for Arsene Wenger. Because everyone appreciates what he's done and appreciates the human that he is. It's just, there doesn't seem to be any light at the end of the the tunnel. the greatest
2: display of... Because I remember Ferguson, when he was leaving, it was a little bit like that. But I feel like, not because he's greater, but the, because of the the, the, just, the amount of negativity, the only thing that could come from Arsene Wenger saying now, I'm going to leave, the next eight games, people are going to be like, oh. And they're going to have this gut check where they're going to yeah. remember what how what actually that transpired. Helps. And they're going to come out and be like, Wow, I was, like, troops are going to be
0: like, oh, my God, I was really
2: unfair. <laughs> Arsenal fan TV, Clyde's going to be like, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I don't I even think
0: so. f- people will feel they need to be, or that they've been unfair necessarily, because I think, a, for me, a lot of the criticism about, you know, the job that he's done in the last few years is fair. I think it's the personal, the personal attacks, which people will feel guilty about. And I just think there will be this absolute outpouring of, of love mm-hmm. the, the minute he says, mm-hmm. I'm done. the people the reason the resentment is built is because as I said there doesn't seem to be light at the end of the tunnel he doesn't seem to want to leave or acknowledge even that there are Mm -hmm. problems yeah anyway I I think that that's where that's where it has to has to end sounds good Uh, both the awesome manga saga and the podcast (laughs) Um, Jack thank you for joining us this week yeah Uh, thank
1: you so much for having me
0: Pleasure. Where can people find you on the internet if you want them to?
1: Yeah. Uh, I got my Twitter at uh, Jack underscore Longo, L-O-N-G-O. You can follow me there. Going to start tweeting more. I haven't been up to it. But,
0: <laughs> no worries. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll prompt you maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> uh, Bernie, do you want anyone to find you on the internet?
1: Uh, sure.
0: Actually, uh,
2: B-U-C-H-E 21. Nice. Um, that's my Twitter handle. Or you can uh, find me at under, underscore the Kosh where I also manage the Twitter account. Always. Yes, we all do. And
0: uh, <laughs> I'm at Alex Lucas Nathan. That's Lucas with a K. I was named after a Hungarian communist poet. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything more about him. Uh, or at under, underscore Kosh. Uh, Mohamed and Rache will hopefully be back next week. I will not be here. Bernie, you will be in charge. Is that cool? I will be in charge. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll see you next week. Take care.
1: Thank you for downloading the KoshCast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.